1: Well, right, all right, all right. Welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. And we are kicking off a four-part thing that is going to become an annual tradition probably every April, the beginning of April. We're going to be talking about movies that probably have cult followings now, weren't big box office hits. And we are kicking off things with Dazed and Confused, which I don't know if you already got that from me saying the famous, all right, all right, all right, which was an improvised line from Matthew McConaughey, by the way. And he came up with that after listening to Jim Morrison say, all right, all right, all right, four times on an album. So very interesting little tidbit there. I'll be sharing some more facts when we get into the movie. Uh, But I'll also let you know that we are also going to be covering Empire Records, which is going to be dropping on Rex Manning Day, of course. And then we're going to be talking about Office Space next week, and then we're going to round things out with Pump Up the Volume, which the schedule had changed, and the reason I added Pump Up the Volume is, and we'll have more about this when we do the episode, Pump Up the Volume has very rarely ever been available on streaming, and all of that is because of music. So now that it's available on HBO Max, so you have some time to go watch it before the episode releases next week, I decided we should cover one of my absolute all-time favorite movies and talk about a Christian Slater vehicle, which, uh, spoiler alert, next year we will probably be talking about Heathers, so, you know, <laughs> my panelist face is just, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> So I don't know, some of my panelists here already will be on that one. I think Jen's like, oh my god. Uh, (laughs) Can we do that now? No. (laughs) (laughs) But that'll be a fun one. Um, Okay, so before I have my panelists introduce themselves, just a quick bit of housekeeping that of course we are on Patreon, so if you want to support the show, help us continue to do what we're doing, head on over to the link in our show notes or go to the link tree and it's there. And also a reminder that we now have a website. That's right. We have a website that the amazing Erin A. designed for us with a new logo and everything at It's a Fandom Thing Pod at pad, blah, blah. It's just It's a Fandom So head on over there for everything. If you want to be an interview guest, all that kind of stuff. It's an amazing website and I'm so proud of it. Okay. So I'm going to go around and have everyone introduce themselves and tell me one thing you're into right now. My amazing podcast, Brain Twin, who's going to be on two episodes this week. I'm so excited. Jen from my streaming bubble, what are you into right now?
0: Hi. Well, thank you as always for having me on today and talking about one of my favorite all-time movies. Um, but before that, some so what we've been watching is a uh, husband and I just started Raised by Wolves season two. So we're a couple episodes into that. Um, I started re-watching Dairy Girls last night, just for funsies. You know, they announced the third and final season. So I'm like, I need to get caught back up and or, you know, refamiliarize myself with the show and kind of relearn some of the uh, Irish lingo and terminology because it's God bless, close captioning. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I just finished season two of Bridgerton which was a lot more erotic and thrilling than a certain erotic thriller. It's so good. I I loved that. I love that show so much. And then I also finished brand new cherry flavor and that show is fucking wild. So if any of you have seen it, I'm be a little curious to know what your thoughts are because that show was bananas and I really liked it. I might watch it again. Yeah, I've still got to watch that one. That's like on my long,
1: yeah, long list to watch.
2: Yeah, I'm still trying to get through it. It's odd. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> what I, I want to watch. Good, it. but it's it's very strange, and I need to finish it because I need to know how it ends. Yes, yeah, just yeah. have to be in the mindset.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's on my it's on my long, long list there, and just a little, you know, because the little dig there at. Um, our lovely fit it's not him it's not finn whitrock's fault he was like the highlight of the movie mm-hmm. but of course that was all about what uh, deep water i'm like what was the name of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, and i just want to say we have a piece of merch in our red bubble store that Aaron created called it's a snail thing so <laughs> that's a reference to deep water if you've seen it you know so if you want to show your love of snails and you're even your love of that movie, if you want to, head on over to our Redbubble store. <laughs> so, Megan, what are you into right now?
3: Um, So I'm trying to do this thing where I read more books. So I just finished up We Can't Meeting Like This by Rachel Lynn Solomon. And she just kind of talks about this young teen girl's experience of, you know, maybe entering the family business, but also wanting to explore a different hobby and interest. But this guy, you know, because there's always a guy these young, young adult novels, and it's always fun. Um, (laughs) uh, He comes back into her life, and she sent him this email last summer, he didn't respond. And now she's just nervous as heck. Uh, She's got a lot of anxiety. She's got OCD. And she talks about kind of navigating through that kind of mentality. And the thing I liked about this book was that it didn't and it make it such a performance or like this terrible thing to have mental illness. It's something you can live with, but there's things that you have to do to get through it. And they even talk about some of those methods in there. So I really like that, especially for youths because they need to see how it works in action. Um, however, the only thing I didn't care for was like the fact that like everyone was getting married granted. The whole book is about wedding planning. So like, what was I expecting? (laughs) But uh, the the main character, like if I was younger in my youth, you know, like the age that, uh, like a preteen, I definitely would have had a huge crush on this fictional character. Like he's a young boy. So I see him more as like, Oh, you're so precious. But if I were back then, oh yeah, because he had like eczema on his arms and stuff and like dealing with anxiety and depression. I'm like, I relate to you so much. So uh, yeah, it's a great read for anyone younger out there or even older. I'm older and I love reading young adult f- fiction.
1: You're still a youngin, though. In my- <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, that you accurate. So
1: much, <laughs> love you so much. <laughs> and Sarah, what are you into? And Sarah hasn't been on in forever, I want to say know. too. I think it was like I know it was last year. So what are you into right now?
2: Um, uh, Right now, I am obsessed with Ghost, the band, not the movie. Uh, and <laughs> not to the clarify. show. <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify. There's sort of this... Um, I've been, like, a casual fan for a couple of years now and uh, saw them live with Volbeat a couple of months ago and just, like, fell in love with them. There's sort of this mix of metal and, like, 80s rock and pop and with a little bit of like a cult thrown in there so just really really cool band tv wise uh my husband and i have been watching ozark we're a couple episodes into season four but since he's been gone for like two weeks now i've had to sort of not watch and get caught and uh, get ahead of him. so i'm waiting for him to get back the next week so we can finish watching on that one
1: Someday I might try and give that show another go. I tried to watch it and I, I don't know why. I just was like, this is I I don't I just could not get into it, but I'll have to try oh, it they're some just, other time. They're all just really awful, just like... awful people. And that that doesn't that doesn't stop me from watching something. Oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it really hasn't me from watching it. <laughs> it, it really doesn't stop me from <laughs> watching anything. Horribly horrible people. I've watched a lot of things with tons of horrible people. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I was hoping what I was going to say I was into was seeing Princess goes to the Butterfly Museum, but I was feeling icky. And I really think it was just bad allergies. But this pandemic has made me extra paranoid and not wanting to expose anyone. So I didn't go. I'm very sad. Erin A. went, and I'm wondering if that's what she's going to say she was into on our Empire Records. But she said it was amazing. She said they were great. She said it was a great, they were great in concert. And she had some video of uh, Michael C. Hall singing. So, you know, I'm bummed about that, but I'm happy that one of us got to go. (laughs) Um, Because sadly, Megan had to miss it too. Uh, But what I'm into sort of is, this is the last season of this is us now i struggle with this show because speaking of not liking characters i hate basically every character on this show yet i continue to watch it and you're not supposed to hate characters on this show that's the difference but i do although when we did our episode covering it i was like okay i guess i like these characters more more than i thought i did but it's that show just I I love it and I hate it because I don't want to like the show as much as I do. And every time I watch it, I cry. And it's so flippin' annoying. So I'm into it ending. <laughs> 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 and leaving my life. <laughs> <laughs> but Jack will always be one of my favorite characters. Jack and Beth are, are the best characters on that show. Okay. So now before we get into Dazed and Confused, or as far as everyone else talking about it, I have some trivia and some facts I want to talk about with this. So, of course, Dazed and Confused is a very simple story. It basically takes place over two days, May 28th to May 29th, 1976. Now, I know for some people on this panel, <laughs> including me, that was forever ago. Uh, <laughs> and I don't think, I don't know if any of us were born by then. I was born later sometime. I'm not going to say now. But it was written and directed by Richard Linklater, who at that time, he had done also a movie called Slacker, which is kind of in the same vein. He's from Texas, so he wanted to do a movie about growing up in Texas and his high school years in Texas. A lot of the characters are based on people he went to school with. And in fact, he was sued (laughs) because of this. I don't know if everybody on here knew this, but this was back in 2004, October 7th, 2004. So this movie was released on September 24th, 1993. So this was over 10 years from when it was released. But he had uh, Bobby Wooderson, Andy Slater, and Richard Floyd sued Universal Studios, saying that Linklater didn't have their permission to use their likeness in the film. It was later dismissed, especially because, well, (laughs) they basically limited the Statue of Limitations was up at that point. Um, Like I said, this was released on September 24th, 1993. It had a budget of $6.9 million, which it's reported that a sixth of that budget went to securing rights to 70s songs, which doesn't surprise me. Um, Worldwide, it grossed (laughs) $7,993,039, which may not seem like a failure, but that's a flop. That's an absolute flop. This movie did not succeed, did not do well. The movie we're talking about next, it was even worse. Uh, they really, really wanted to use Led Zeppelin song in here, but Led Zeppelin is notorious, or Robert Plant, I should say, is notorious for not wanting to let their songs be used in anything. I mean, the title of this does come from a Led Zeppelin song, but uh, Jimmy Page was like, yeah, you can use it. Robert Plant, no. <laughs> so... <laughs> I I don't know. I think Robert Plant's kind of whatever. Um, (laughs) That's my thing. Um, The word man is said 203 times in this movie. (laughs) Um, The beer, they were actually unless people were underage, but people that were of age were actually drinking beer while filming this. That was actual beer. Except for Jason London who did not drink any beer. He was also trying to quit smoking, which must have been a So hard to do when you're making this movie. Um, Another little fact here, Sean Andrews, who played Pickford and Jason London, hated each other. And actually, Sean Pickford didn't really get along with anyone on this set, and he was supposed to be in the final scene. But because Jason London and Sean Pickford hated each other so much, in fact, they got into a physical altercation, that scene was edited and Wooderson was put in there. So just a little bit of trivia there. Of course this is a lot of people's first movie like matthew mcconaughey uh renee zellweger in an uncredited role she's girl in truck (laughs) so it's not like a huge huge role but uh the rest of the cast includes of course like i said jason london who is famously a twin with jeremy london (laughs) um wiley wiggins who who knows what happened to him This was his film debut too. Rory Cochran, who we'll also be talking about when we talk about Empire Records. Joey Lauren Adams. Mila Jovovich, who most of her scenes were cut and she got really upset about that and actually took a break from acting because of that. Um, Sean Andrews, who we already mentioned. Adam Goldberg, who I'm very curious to see if we talk about him because I've got very mixed feelings on him. Anthony Rapp, the amazing Anthony Rapp. Um, Sasha Jensen, who was the guy that I, I had a crush on a lot of these guys, but Mm -hmm. I loved Sasha Jensen. I cannot explain that, but I did, (laughs) um, who played Don. And so that's some of the amazing cast. There were, of course, Cole Hauser and of course, Ben Affleck. It was in this. Some people that auditioned for roles and did not get roles. Mark Ruffalo, Hilary Swank, Will Wheaton, Mackenzie Astin, Jared Leto, Elizabeth Berkley, Denise Richards, Vince Vaughn, who was very close to getting cast, but they didn't cast him because Richard Linklater thought he looked too much like Ben Affleck. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alicia Silverstone and Kirsten Dunst. So there were a bunch of other people too, like Jennifer Love Hewitt, Mira Servino, Reese Witherspoon and Ron Livingston and Brendan Fraser as well. So lots of people were considered for roles in this. So I'm very excited to talk about this movie because this movie, I think, is one of the best movies about high school ever because the big thing Richard Linklater didn't want to do was be nostalgic. And this is not a nostalgia movie. There, If you really look at it, there's not that much quote unquote depth to it, but it's so much fun. I think you can watch this countless times and never get bored of it. So I want to know, I know this is very hard probably to determine this. And by the time it gets to me, I'll be searching. But Jen, what are three of your favorite scenes or lines? You can say lines or scenes.
0: Okay. So I love, I love, love, love this movie so freaking much. It's ridiculous. So it was a lot of fun rewatching it. And it's funny that you say that, because there isn't any, like, nostalgia which, within the movie, but in watching it last night, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm back in high school. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I graduated, my graduating class, our high school kind of appropriated the 70s aesthetic because of this movie. So there's a lot of things that uh, felt like like an old friend. Um, and with that were some of the quotes. So I have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, there's I I actually did not have Matthew McConaughey's famous. All right. All right. All right. Because I figured that's kind of an easy one to pick. But one of my favorite ones was Parker Posey's character, Darla, when she's hazing the girls after they get done hazing and they're loading them up in the truck. And she tells the one girl, wipe that face off your head, bitch. Like what (laughs) kind of like she is so displeased with this person's appearance that like not just wipe that smirk, but your entire face needs to go. So I need to incorporate that more into my my daily speaking language, whatever. Let's see. There's at the end when um, Adam Goldberg's character, Mike, goes to confront Clint at the end after he's been drinking. uh, He calls him a dominant male monkey motherfucker, (laughs) (laughs) which always makes me laugh. I think it has a lot to do with just how that line is delivered. And then... I'll just keep it to the three check you later check you later I always love that and anytime I say any if I tell anyone I'll check them later check you later that's the scene that goes through my head and then in my head I have to finish it out with uh Don being like sleep man you're such a dork check you later girls don't want to hear that shit so that's I'll leave it at that I've got a few more but (laughs) I don't want to hog them all (laughs) awesome and Megan
1: three of your favorites
3: So I did really like the air raid that happened with the girls, just because that was such a unique scene. Like you wouldn't expect to see that in today's world, or if they do do it, it's a lot more like mean girls And, and not to say like mean girls is bad. It's a great movie, but you wouldn't see it in this capacity where they're like, Putting condiments all over them, taking them through the car wash, even after, like, at least they had the, the, the audacity to keep them clean. Like, they're like, you know what? We got to clean you up a little bit. We can't just send you home looking like garbage. Um, <laughs> so I, it was a very fun sort of uh, kind of moment for me. I was like, oh, yeah, they did do this in high school. Like, I, I completely blocked that out. Like, there's that hazing moment that happened, and I just completely forgot about it. Um, so it's nice to relive it in that brief, funny moment now as an older person. Um, through that um one of my other favorite scenes though was when um mitch is with uh, uh randy or yeah no the main character's name I, it always escapes me um it is mitch pink okay yeah oh, oh, oh pink you're talking pink. pink okay yes pink. that's out. how i know him but mitch like, is
0: one oh, of <laughs> the randall pink, <laughs> pink floyd uh, yeah
3: yes randall pink floyd <laughs> the name <laughs> um <laughs> When the, the, he's approached, and they're like, say, man, do you got a joy? And he's like, "Uh, no. Like, he's real awkward and gets, like, tense about it, too. And he's like, damn, be a be cooler if you did, though. And it, you know what made that moment even better for me? Not just Matthew McConaughey saying it, but I had my boyfriend watch this with me, and he said it right with him. Like, immediately with him. <laughs> and I look over, and I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, you... Okay. I'm like, okay, we could maybe do like a Wooderson, uh, future cosplay for you for funny, like just for funny, because <laughs> <laughs> it'd be funny because he's a lot smaller. However, uh, my last like big favorite scene was when uh, Wooderson's actually looking at the car and like talking about it. Cause like Matthew McConaughey, I don't know if anyone's read his book or listened to the audiobook. I listened to the audiobook. <laughs> it was an experience. And the way he hangs on to every vowel and how he drags it, it, it's, it's so interesting and I enjoy it. Like, I don't know how I feel about Matthew McConaughey all the time. I don't even care for Wooderson as a character, but the, the, um, the pleasing sound of his voice, like you just like, yeah, I love Cart Like I could totally see some girl like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And even with Clint, like, you know, gotta put some fucking muscle into it and I'm like, Okay, you do that, Matthew, you do that. So that was like my final kind of like big favorite scene.
1: And
2: Sarah? Well, one of my favorite lines here, let me just get my little notes here so I get it correct, is after the bell rings and the history teacher Uh, As they're all leaving says this summer, when you're being inundated with all this American bicentennial 4th of July brouhaha, don't forget that what you're celebrating is the fact that a bunch of slave owning aristocratic white males didn't want to pay their taxes. I just love that line (laughs) so much because it's true. (laughs) One, uh, One of my favorite lines from the movie, you know, as, as for, scenes, y'all have come up with ones that I absolutely love. So now I'm like scrambling. A lot of it for me, because I, I actually lived in Austin for like nine months, you know, seeing, uh, I've been to the Moon Tower, you know, so seeing some of that stuff was actually a little bit nostalgic for me <laughs> in a way. So I'm just going with that for now.
1: <laughs> and you know what else I love about that scene that you mentioned is watching Pink and the way he he's trying to leave the the classroom. But I think yeah. it says a lot about his character that he is the way he's kind of walking backwards and he's still listening to her, even though he's yeah. trying to get out of the classroom. I, that's another reason I think that scene is so great mm-hmm. because it's also it's true, that yeah. generational thing of, the 60s and then the 70s so i think that's that's another reason it works so well, that i like that scene so much so
0: that scene is my fourth of july post every year is, is it um, really? either post like the quote <laughs> or the scene from the movie and yeah. it's <laughs> everyone else is like happy birthday america and i'm like hey remember yeah yeah little reminder
2: yeah i'm fun at exactly.
0: parties <laughs> What was that? <laughs> said, I'm fun at parties. <laughs> I, do, I do like that scene. Uh,
1: well, I love I love the scene on the football field towards the end when Don is saying his speech about college and about growing older and what he wants to do And this, you know, I wanna make as much money as I can. I wanna <laughs> basically fuck as many women as I can. I want, you know, all that's I just, the reason I love that scene is this movie is not deep, I don't think, but there are some layers there that are about, you know, like conformity and stuff like that. And and thinking that you're going to get into the 80s and the 80s are going to be so much better than the 70s. <laughs> that line, that that's Isn't another that one of my adorable. favorites. going to be radical. That's, that's one, yes, yes. That's another one of my favorite lines because I remember seeing this in the theater because I saw this movie in the theater. And so it's very nostalgic for me too. And our prom theme for my senior year in high school was because I went into an alternative school. So we had prom for everybody got to go to prom each year. So it was not like this special thing. Uh, but the theme was 70s. So 70s was very, in then too, I hung out with a lot of people that were hippies, quote unquote hippies. So this was very nostalgic for me too. But I love that that line about saying the 70s suck, the 60s were great, 70s suck, and the 80s are going to be very radical, of course, is so hilarious because of how absolutely untrue that statement ended up being. (laughs) And it's so perfect. And it's just a little thing just kind of thrown in there. It's not something that's made a big deal of. It's just kind of like, hey, wink, wink, we all know this is not true. So I remember that got a big laugh in the theater when I saw it. I think there were only like a few other people in the theater with me, but it did get a big laugh. So those are two of them. And then I, (laughs) I love when they're climbing the moon tower. (laughs) (laughs) just and the telling the story about all the blood of the freshman who had too many beers and they fell down and then asking asking him asking mitch how many he'd had and he just can't even really remember and then oh you're dead man you're so dead (laughs) (laughs) i just love love that scene a lot so yeah okay well now we're going to get into favorite needle drops and i know that for some of our listeners you might not know what needle drops are But Needle Drops are basically, it it references a record. So when you're dropping the needle to play something on a record. But what it references in movies and television shows is that moment when a song plays. And it can be, you know, part of a scene that makes it just very, very famous and memorable. And this movie has tons of them to choose from. I am excluding (laughs) the beginning one. I'm just saying that because, I mean... Sweet Emotion, everybody thinks of that song when they think of this movie, I think. And that's like a classic, always makes like the top 10 best needle drops ever. So I'm excluding that one only because I think everybody would name it. Unless you can't think of three and you have to name that one. I'll be shocked. But Jen, other than Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith, (laughs) what are three of your favorite needle drops in Days and Confused?
0: All right, so after I googled needle drop to make sure I understood <laughs> the assignment, <laughs> I instantly knew which ones I was going to pick and it was Sweet Emotions was not going to be on my list. So for me, the top 3 would be uh Low Rider and when everyone's all kind of cruising the strip on that Friday night, nothing better to do, stopping at the the drive-in um or, you know, the little fast foody place. Uh I also really like Uh, Wooderson's entrance into the Emporium with Hurricane and then at the end of the party the kegs are tapped and Tuesday's gone with the wind. Uh, I think for some, I just, I feel like that song, especially in that scene in that moment, like it's just, it works so well. It's the end of the party. It's the end of the night. Everyone's scattering to go home, get breakfast, make out on a hilltop, whatever. And it just, it, it feels like not just the night, but also maybe something a little bigger, like these kind of innocence or something. I don't know, but I've always really, I've always really liked that moment in that scene, maybe because it reminds me of the end of parties, field parties and stuff like that. And oh, okay, kegs tap. So we'll go do our own little like after party thing somewhere, get breakfast and stumble home. So put the headphones on and then pass out. <laughs> So those those were my my top 3. And yeah, and low rider again, just the driving around like if you grow up in any kind of like smaller town and there's nothing to do, that's what you did. You drove around the main strip area or the downtown area and you had the place you met up with everyone and ca- jumping from car to car, hooking up with different groups of people. Uh that's just it's so reminiscent. It's, it, I think it transcends like not just the seventies or eighties and nineties, but you know, even, even today, I think kids still cruise the streets. I mean, we live in a small town, but I'm hearing the trucks up and down all around all the time. <laughs> so those are my top three. And then yeah, hurricane, just cause that's, that's a, that's gotta be like top 10 slow-mo intros of all time in movie history. I don't, it just, it works so well. And yeah. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> um,
1: you know, I love that Jen and I are podcast brain twins, but right now I do not love that. <laughs> because she took, well, I mean, one of them is not my top. It's in my top, but not my top three, but she took my top two and my number one was Hurricane. So yeah, that's okay. I've got lots of <laughs> alternates that'll probably go on
2: too. But
1: yeah, thank you so much, Jen. You're welcome. <laughs> so, Megan, do you have some now?
3: <laughs> yes, I finally learned and got educated on what a needle drop is. So, I was able to figure it out. Um, circling back to uh, what Jen was saying earlier about Hurricane, though, the color, like the visual effects, and then the song itself. It was so cool, especially to see, like, you know, like, the eldest, like, what is perceived as hot, like, hot individual man, Wooderson, and then you see a pink, and he comes in, and he's also, like, a young gun, like, walking in, and then you see the younger fellow, and you're like, oh, we see how he's being set up to be the next real big popular guy. I thought that was really cool visualization, so, by all means, like, ah, I loved it. Um, Paranoid by Black Sabbath, though? Um, listen. Hirsch was one of my favorite characters. Um, he he was doing so great, you know, at that dance. I mean, he put his shirt his hand up her shirt. Like he, he was a going place, as he said. Like he had goals. And then he left with his stupid friends who weren't doing anything. And I felt bad for him. I was mm-hmm. like, this and she seemed disappointed too. And I was like, this poor girl and this. Always girl. hated Carl for that. <laughs> I know. I'm like, Carl, Carl you would not be annoying. my friend. I would not share that beer with you. Like, I would have threw it at you. Like, exactly. like, my husband's like, why?
0: Yeah. My husband's like, why is he sharing the beer with those guys? Those guys suck. Like, my husband's freaking out. It was hilarious.
3: Um, but yeah, when they actually get Hirsch, though, with the song uh, Paranoid, I thought that was really, it was like, yep, that mm-hmm, that is the exact feeling. And when you're getting haze, that is the exact, exact feeling. Um, so that one was my really big one where I was like, Oh god, I really relate to that, especially when it's like all this anxiety, but you know, you got to get it over with, and it was a really good pick. Free ride, though, uh, by the Edgar Winter Group when we see Witterson roll up before he tells his famous line. Um, and you know, come on to Cynthia because he's got a thing for redheads. Um, that was. That was problematic, but the song itself really set him up, I feel. Like, for me, as an audience member, I was like, okay, so he is that guy. Like, he's the one that can lay it on thick. Um, I see what Cynthia sees in him, I guess. I guess. So (laughs) Those are my two.
1: (laughs) And Sarah, what are your three, if you have three?
2: Top three, in no specific order, uh, Why Can't We Be Friends, During the Hazing, Oh, gosh. It's <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. It's okay. I knew all mine were- It's okay. It's just it's funny. Sorry. No, 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 no. Just sort of the irony of it, you know, the line, why can't we be friends while they're hazing and, you know, bullying these these girls is, in my sick, twisted sense of humor, hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't think of anything. I mean, that would be, that That was just perfect. Um, school's out. I mean, it's. It, would I, do yeah. I need to explain? <laughs> do I need to explain? I mean, that, that, that was just, uh, there's no other song you could use. And since Alien Conspiracist Megan took my uh, paranoid, <laughs> uh, I would say the other one would be when they finally catch Mitch after the baseball game, uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy by uh, yeah, alice cooper kind of perfect as well in my opinion and sorry Aaron, i didn't mean to take one of those. Oh,
1: it's okay <laughs> jen took two of mine and then my and really three but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no i knew i mean but there's so many to choose from. oh god yeah so i'm gonna first start out with slow ride because i think it's the perfect song to end the movie with i just i think it's great um I'm not really a fan of the Mitch character. I will say up front because he's kind of annoying. And um, how many times can one actor grab their nose? Anyway, about <laughs> eight
0: or nine in that scene. It was about eight or nine. My husband and I counted.
1: Not that, not that one. The one in the scene where he's talking to um, what's her name is when it Sabrina. Yeah, Sabrina. yeah, that that's one. is eight or nine. Yeah, yeah, just yep, yeah, that one. Yep, yeah, that's why wasn't that part of the trivia? <laughs> I, I I almost put it and then I decided <laughs> not to. Uh, there was, I mean, there's pages of trivia for this movie, but when he puts on the headphones and sits back and then starts that, and then watching all the characters, and then, um, then with the end credits of introducing all the actors with their characters on there, just slow ride just fits that so perfectly. I thought it was just, just Chef's Kiss for that, um, rock and roll all night because so many of my songs have been taken. <laughs> No, I do love that one, though. I mean, I think that's an interesting way to sort of introduce them all going and partying and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then um, Right Place, Wrong Time. I think that that's another one that is used like at the Emporium. And I think I think the Emporium is such an important location in this movie And it's one of those places that I think we all, even if it was a place that didn't have alcohol, I think we all kind of had a place like that when we were kids or most people did a place you'd hang out, whether it was a coffee shop or something like that. And that's what the Emporium feels like to me is that it's like, you know, smoke filled and people just going in there and hanging out and everybody sort of knows each other after a while and everybody might, you know, people might hang out with different groups or they might not, or they might just intermingle. So I don't know. I I love, I love all the songs that have to do with that. And of course, Oh, third hurricane. I'm just throwing that in really quickly because that is my absolute favorite and little trivia that doesn't, that song is not on any of the soundtracks by the way, which is probably a money thing. I think that's what it is, but
0: I would assume so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is sad to me. So yeah, even though I am not, I will say this up front. I have said this before. I am not a Matthew McConaughey fan, so it's very interesting to me this is one of my favorite movies, and I'm not a big fan of his. I like him in this movie, even though he's creepy as hell, but I do like him in this movie. <laughs> okay, but I want to know. I know this is, I, I'm like, this is going to be the hardest question that I'm asking, I think, even more than the other ones, I would assume. So, Jen, just one. You can either name your favorite character or a character you related to the most in here. I know this is a hard, I think it's a hard question. I don't know. later. I knew you were going to say that. I'm like, Jen's going to say Slater.
0: Oh, God. Well, I just, I especially in the 90s, had the biggest crush on Rory Cochran between this movie and Empire Records. And then big. I saw another movie. Uh, what was it? Love in a 45, I think was oh, the name yeah. of that movie. That movie was wild as well. And I really liked it. So I went through a little and, and he fits. He fits the type, you know, dark hair, dark eyes and everything. So that's my movie star type. But Slater man, you know, when he's after he asks Mitch like, are you cool? And Mitch is like, uh, no or whatever. And, and the way Slater's just like, okay. And then just <laughs> wanders off. <laughs> I I love him. I think he's adorable. I think he's probably out of the, all the characters like the most authentic in the sense that he doesn't give a fuck. He is him. He's going to show up to his buddy's house wearing a pot, tea, pot leaf t-shirt and try to and try not to be a stoner or something. I don't know, but like oh, he's just so adorable in his long long ratty hair and his little stoner face and him and his conspiracy theories and the way he just kind of walks around all like hunched over like Like uh, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo because his look also kind of reminded me of Shaggy. I had like green pants and a brown shirt. And I just, I I love him. He's, I love my little stoner man. Yeah, it's
1: like if Jen doesn't choose, I'll be shocked. I would have been just absolutely shocked if he didn't say Slater. I was like, I know that's who Jen's going to pick for sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and if you didn't know, that was a wig that Rory Cochran was wearing, and he said, even though they filmed in Austin, he would walk around, Austin is supposed to be, you know, the more progressive city yeah. in Texas, he would still get lots of weird looks when he would walk around with mm-hmm. long <laughs> wig, and he was huge in the indie film scene, he was, like, king of indie cinema at this time, I don't know if a lot of people know that, but he was a big, big deal, so... Yeah. Yeah. He's, I, I love him. I'm glad that we're going to be talking about two movies with him. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> and I love him in both very different characters, but I love yes. him in both. So Megan, who's your favorite character?
3: Um, So Slater is actually my favorite character too.
1: Um, I knew you were going to say that by your name. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um. I think it's solely because he is just very authentically himself. Like he knows like people don't like him, but he's just like, no, it's me. Like it's me. It's me right now. And even though he's like the guy who doesn't really have anyone, he's the guy that can stand alone. Like a lot of the time he's surrounded by these couples and things. And he's like, you know, he's still going on about alien conspiracy. and like, yeah, like, and he'll pull him out of that relationship almost of whatever dynamic they're feeling and get him talking and vibing with him. And I thought that was a really cool aspect about him. And I also like that. He's just, he's, he's, he's the drug guy. Like that's kind of how the, the pot, like he's just stoned all the time. Like that's how everyone associates with him. And even the coach is like, you, you shouldn't be hanging out with, Those kind of people, and specifically, not only looking at Wooderson because I think there's disappointment there. I I sense a lot of disappointment in Wooderson and my coach. Uh, But looking at Slater and being like, "This is the the end of my existence. This person's going to destroy this world." Like Slater represents so much bigger of like what we can do as citizens of the U.S. and still care about people and not necessarily always have to follow certain rules. Um, I definitely think that Slater, you know, showed. Pink, Like, you know, not people who use drugs are all bad. Like they shouldn't be seen that way. Like they're, they're good people. They're not crazy. They're not all like this criminally acclim- or acclimated kind of certain individual like Slater represented the majority. And I think that's why I enjoyed him so much. But more than anything i was just like i want to sit there and get high and talk about the world with him like I, I i too want to sit and have a philosophy conversation with him because he seems interesting he seems like smart enough where it's like i could lead him where i want to with it and then really blow his mind like i just i want to see like the stars and the fireworks going off in his head with conspiracy theories because i have a lot of them so <laughs>
1: And a reminder, we've got our Celebrity Conspiracy episode available right now. That was one of my, oh my gosh, that episode is so much fun. Um, so Sarah, is is Slater also your favorite?
2: Yes, I adore Slater, but we're, we're I'm not going to go there. I think in terms of, of characters, the ones that I, I can't say I really related to anyone, but I think the ones that I would have hung out with, would have probably been Cynthia, Mike, and Tony, just because that was yeah. more me in high school. I would rather be sitting Friday night, playing poker with my friends um, than out partying. So I, I would say maybe I relate to them a little bit more from that aspect. Um, and I also had many more guy friends in high school than girlfriends because yeah. yeah. guys were so much less drama in high school. So for that reason, I think, you know, I think those would be the ones that I would relate to just that little trio. I know know you said one, but they were kind of a little trio. They would be the ones that I would relate to a lot more. But yeah, I absolutely for, for all the reasons Jen and Megan said, I absolutely adore Slater because he he was just who he was and he didn't care. And it was kind of a take me this way or see ya. Mm-hmm. which is, is very refreshing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to echo Slater, because I knew Slater would be picked, because I think Slater is one of the best movie characters, period, if you were to make a list of some of the best movie characters ever created. And Slater wouldn't work without Rory Cochran, I want to say, without his performance. So, yeah. Um, so I'm going to actually say Randall Pink Floyd, I, I, because... I, what I love about the character Pink is he fits into every single group and he doesn't judge any of the groups. And I related to that in a way because I hung out with all sorts of people. I wouldn't have been welcomed into jocks like he was ever. Like that group was not my group at all. But I just really liked that he could fit in and kind of, you know, go with the flow. And also... He was very much like stick to his guns. I think he was kind of an a-hole when it came to women, but (laughs) he stuck with his guns, um, you know, with with not wanting to sign the agreement to not do drugs, all that kind of stuff. And to be, you know, subject to what would later become, of course, drug testing all the time. And he went against the flow and, you know, wasn't afraid to stand up for what he believed in and to speak out. And to say so, and he also was the character that, with Mitch, welcomed Mitch into the fold and was very nice and kind to him. And when Mitch is getting all of the spankings, he just kind of gives him that last little soft little pat. So I just really loved Pink, and I thought uh, I thought Jason London did a, did a fantastic job with this character too. So yeah, okay. So I want to know. Um, We already kind of spoke about this, about the relatability. So we are all from different generations, and none of us are, of course, from this generation, from the 70s. We were not teenagers in the 70s. But I still think this is very relatable, and we've already kind of talked about that a little bit. But I just want to expand on that and just kind of know how this related to you in high school, Jen.
0: Oh, God, this is very much like, like high school in Iowa, especially like junior and senior year. Like I said, a lot of just kind of driving around. There were nights where we are more like Cynthia uh, and Mike and Tony, where we just kind of ate more aimlessly drove around, not necessarily poker nights, but it maybe be me and a few other friends, just kind of not at the big loud parties or anything like that. A little bit more low key, but still cruising uh, in my friend's mom's minivan. Cause that was the vehicle we had. <laughs> our disposal many nights. (laughs) So very, very cool. We didn't have the vehicles that obviously were in this movie. My husband's like, this movie exists just to show off the cars. He's like, that's why I like this movie. A lot of amazing, amazing, very cool old, old cars. Um, But yeah, from the driving around to the, you know, partying out in the field and even kind of like skipping class and (laughs) Scooching around the school, looking for your friends or and hanging out and doing very naughty things, hanging out with that wrong crowd that Coach Conrad wouldn't want me hanging out with. Uh, <laughs> very, so very relatable. Uh, you know, we all in high school, especially, you know, smoking. It's I always said growing up in a small town, there's not much to do but drink, do drugs and fuck. And that's that was high school <laughs> and movie. <laughs> and so you know, life imitating art, art imitating life kind of thing. So it was its it very, very relatable. Like I said, just the driving around aimlessly, stopping at the one spot, swapping out, picking up some new folks, driving around. We never bashed mailboxes and never threw a bowling ball out of a vehicle window while moving, which is also another great line. <laughs> that bowling ball said, oomph, to that damn windshield. I could just sit here and quote the movie if you like. <laughs> but... <laughs> But yeah, it's so it was it's very much very much like my my teen teenhood was was this movie and I think that like I said it's can kind of be cross-generational. I think a lot of maybe a lot of kids, I don't know now, maybe not so much today, but still do the kind of driving around, meet up with the friends, showing off their their cars or whatever kids do now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we didn't have cell phones and stuff nope. like that. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, so it's still very, like I said, very nostalgic for me because not only am I revisiting a movie I watched a billion times in my teens, but it's also like, God, I remember doing that or something like that or uh, uh, getting, you know, having the cops show up, but you know, wasn't, high enough in the social standings in high school to just have, like, a coach called rather than my parents and then be let go. Also, 90s versus 70s. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... This this movie is very, very, like, relatable to my high school experience. Very much so. Even a few oh, Wooderson's wandering wandering about. Oh, so. yeah. Me too. Yep, me too. <laughs> Which yep. is so creepy when I look at <laughs> So crazy, you you kind of like age and you cross that that threshold or whatever, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, none of that is okay. (laughs) I know. When I got into my early twenties, I was like, I cannot believe that I hung out with people this
1: age when I was in high school, and it was cool when you were in high school. But then I looked Mm -hmm. at twenties, I'm like, I don't want to hang out with people in Mm -mm. high
0: school. (laughs) No. So that's when you really start wondering, like, oh, what's what's wrong with (laughs) like these people that in their twenties that want to still hang out with high school kids? Like, hard no. (laughs) Yeah
1: yeah so megan i'm really curious to hear from you i don't mean to like be like putting you on the spot because you're the youngest on our panel but i'm just curious because i think it's always interesting to see these movies that hold up for decades and to see if they relate to every single person's experience in some way so megan
3: um yeah so when i was in eighth grade we had like a feed-in school uh that we uh, like a lot of our siblings went to or people we knew that were older than us and we were friends with growing up, but they went into the feeder school. I'm not going to say it just because legality reasons, but um, <laughs> but uh, this particular private school, private high school, uh, they had a problem with hazing for a long time. And they did this thing where They would take all the freshmen and uh, a lot of the boys, they like put in adult diapers and like, you know, put baby powder on them, have them run with pacifiers, like down like two or three hallways, like even. And like the teachers wouldn't do anything. And the principal very much turned like a blind eye Uh, for the girls. I know there was a lot more of like egging them and like very much still like the food aspect of it, which I never understood, but it was a thing um and the paddle boards were still kind of popular even though we didn't talk about it because you know there's uh legal implications with that uh so it made me decide very quickly of like i don't want to go to school with these people because like i was personally terrified i was like i don't I don't like you all that much to go through that. Mm -hmm. Um, I had other options. And then my mom put me in this school where I basically knew nobody and I had to start fresh. But um, the way this movie actually related to that experience, because that particular school I went to is very much Mexican, Puerto Rican, Dominican based. Very similar but different. Like uh we didn't like commit felonies, but we definitely did a lot of like uh the drugs, the sex. Um we would go places like cruising up and down Federal, like that was a huge thing for us. Um and it, it still holds true. Like we would go to uh instead of like you know, like an emporium, stuff like that. And a lot of people like I feel like the families were a lot more open about opening their house to kids. Um, when I was growing up because the parents are like, I don't want you like going and getting exposed to something that's dangerous. So you can do it at my place and I can supervise what's going on. So I saw that a lot more. So it felt relatable, but then I was like, Oh, I can see how this kind of aged a little bit. I was like, yeah, I can see how like parents would be against that. Although I, I feel so bad for the wife in, um, in the movie uh, Pickford's uh, mom and uh, when they find out about the party and the dad's like we're staying home and she's like Frank Frank
0: (laughs) I am dying to leave
1: (laughs) I know I'm like just go by yourself
0: I know I (laughs) I was like I'd have been out I've been like right, Frank you have fun with that and also Frank is a very well dressed man
3: Exactly, oh, really, really want to say. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that Frank is always the one at the door, I'm like, I know she's up in her bubble bath, like fuming in that tub right now, fuming. Like, but uh, but going back to the actual question, but it's something I had to bring up because it was on my mind throughout the movie. It's like this poor woman. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, back to, like, high school. Um, I felt like I experienced hazing personally, though, when I was in my dance competitive group, so um, there was a lot more of that, like, making us do a lot more crazy stuff. Uh, Like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, like, we would have to hit splits, like, anytime they, like, say so and whenever, and it'd be, like, on fucking concrete sometimes, so my poor knees now, but, (laughs) like it's just, it's crazy to me how well this movie has held up because a lot of these things are still done, but maybe not as, um, crazy. I feel like it's leaning more to like how the girls did it where they, you know, like, you know, they put food all over them, but then they also take them through the car wash. Like they still make up for it in their own way. Um, cause my sister does a lot of this stuff still, and she's experienced hazing and I'm like, wow, really? Like this is a thing. still? <laughs> and she's younger than me. She just, she's a senior in high school, so she's living it up right now. And, really going through all the same feelings that Pink is feeling. And it's very interesting to watch. It's like, it's like a telenovela really. So I live vicariously through
2: her.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: that's hilarious. Uh, so Sarah. This was nothing like my high school experience, but I think that says more about me than high school. Um, just wasn't the, the, the partying, the drinking, smoking, you know, I didn't really live in a, a small town. Uh, I grew up in central New Jersey, so we were right in between Princeton and New Brunswick. So you know, there there was stuff to do, but I I, I really wasn't into that. You know, we go to movies or have sleepovers with my friends and stuff like that, but not you know, not saying that this that it isn't a relatable high school experience because it totally is because that stuff happens. The hazing still happens. Um, the parties still happens, the drugs, all of that. I, and I know it goes on. Um, but it's just not what I experienced in high school. Cause it's not what I wanted to experience in high school. Um, and there were other things to do. You know, I, like I said, I'd rather be home playing cards with friends <laughs> than out than at a party or, you know, home reading or just listening to music. I mean, I had guy friends that I would, uh, and girlfriends that I would hang out with, and we'd be exploring the uh, the woods over by our house, where or the neighborhood that we lived in, because there was always like really creepy stuff going on. I don't know, I can't explain it. It was just, those woods were really, really weird. Uh, so we'd go out and exploring, and we'd, you know, find like remnants of, you know, kids trying to do, like, satanic rituals and stuff like that. It was great. <laughs> <Whoa. strange. Yeah. laughs> I didn't know you were going there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, like I said, those those woods were weird. <laughs> oh, but it was crazy. Like, you know, my, like, I'd have, like, two of my guy friends who lived in the neighborhood that show up at my door, at, you know, God knows when in the afternoon. We're like, yeah, we're just going to go for a walk. And I'd be, like, gone for three hours. And she never said a word to and you know this now being a parent I, I have boys but you know if I had daughters I'm like I don't know if I'd let them go out wandering for like three hours with two guys no you know but that was you know I was born in 1974 so this would have been late 80s I guess I graduated in 92 yeah I and I mean that was that was the some total of my high school. I, I was a nerd. I was quiet. I was shy. I was awkward. You know, so I really didn't have, you know, those popular kid experiences. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but that just it just wasn't me. Um, but still, as as a movie as a whole, I think it's still very relatable to uh, to high school. Well, my first year in
1: high school, I went to a public high school. And then um, for my second year, and it was all this stuff I won't get into of why I found this school, I went to a private school here in Colorado, up in Boulder, Colorado, which Boulder in itself is in its own little world, its own little reality. A lot of hippies ended up going up there and then became yuppies, and so there's a lot of yuppies up there. It's a very, I, I had so much fun living there, though. I lived there for a couple of years after high school, and I don't regret that at all, and I had so much fun. Going to high school up there, that high school saved my life. Literally, I would have never graduated high school. I probably wouldn't even be alive um, if it wasn't for that high school called September School. And September School is a very small school. Uh, it's more arts focused. Grades were a little bit different. I will say, it doesn't prepare you for college at all, really. I don't think. But it was a school that really embraced smaller classrooms, and you know, you called your teachers by their first names and that kind of stuff, and you had. Every single kind of person would know each other. So it was like a very different kind of high school experience because you had people that in a normal, quote unquote, normal public school would have never, ever hung out, ever. They wouldn't even spoke to each other. I'm not saying you didn't have tiers of people being popular or not popular, but because of the fact that it was more open-minded and it was more for the weirdos and the people who felt like outcasts anyway... It was a great place to go to high school because you still had that teenage insecurity. You still had that having the crushes and all that kind of jazz and the awakening of your sexuality and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you also had such an embracing of being weird and being different. So I'm very, very, very grateful for going to that school because of that. Um, so I'm very grateful to my mom because my mom was a single mom and it's not like we had a ton of money or anything. So I'm really, really grateful to her for giving me and my sister that that experience. Uh, but this was very relatable in a lot of different ways, um, in a lot of different situations. The driving around, that was stuff I did even for a couple of years after high school because I used to love to just randomly go in the car and just go on a drive, not even knowing where we're going just going. I mean, we even like one time did that in the middle of the night and went to like a big (laughs) one of those like 24 hour places and just wandered around for some reason. One of my friends, we used to go and we'd go randomly places and we'd pretend to be other people. So we'd put on accents and, you know, see how many people would fall for it. Uh, My friend and I used to, the same friend, we used to drive around in the car. I do not recommend doing this necessarily, but we used to drive around in the car with our shirts off and just our bras on. Because we figured men can do this. It's just like wearing a baby top. <laughs> and the looks. Oh, my gosh. The judgment. And then also the other side of it <laughs> that we'd get was just. So we did stuff like that. I was never really big into, into pot because I didn't like the way it made me feel. I did it a few times. I do want to say, though, I went to a party once and there were hash cookies. And I ate one. I'm allergic to nuts. That's You need to know that for, the, for this story. Ate one. And then I was about to eat a second when I looked at it wait are there nuts in these? And there were and it was the only time in my life I've never had an allergic reaction. Really? Yes. It was amazing. Mm. And I think it's because of that honestly. So I don't want to say. That. Interesting. <laughs> the, That's so really I understand. Yeah, huh. it was very weird. Yeah. Yeah, but like I said we you know, I hung out with a lot of you know, hippies but also a lot of goths. Goths was the big thing in my day. Um the big quote unquote, freaks. And we would hang out at coffee shops. That was our big thing. We would go to, sadly, both the coffee shops we hang out in are closed now. Uh, but Muddy's was the big one here in Denver, which it, it's really close to the Mercury Cafe for my other Colorado panelists. And it was a bookstore upstairs and then downstairs was the coffee shop. And we would be in there smoking cigarettes, drinking coffee, Sometimes writing poetry, being very different. (laughs) (laughs) Close cigarettes was the big thing too. Oh my gosh, close cigarettes. And I drove 70s cars. (laughs) I drove a huge, like called the hearse of life, because it was white. So I drove like a Chevy and I drove an Oldsmobile. Those are the two different cars. I I mean my first car was a Ford Escort piece of crap. Car broke. Down then got old seventies cars. I mean, I got teased all the time for driving these cars. But let me tell you, if you were to get into an accident in one of these cars, you would be so safe because they mm-hmm. are just boxes. And it and it was just a fun time. And yes, we didn't really do much. I mean, we'd go to parties. You know, I remember having a party for my eighteenth birthday. That actually, my mom knew about because she was going out of town. She knew about it. My mom was like a surrogate mother to a lot of my friends, I want to say. Like what you said, Megan, that was my mom. My mom uh, would take in people that were like ostracized by their family because they were different or weird or anything like that. She would, we would have male friends sometimes stay over and I'd wake up and she'd be having these deep philosophical conversations (laughs) with these in the kitchen. And I think for them, it felt like, oh, I have a parent that actually wants to hear what I have to say and actually gives a crap. So that was also a very unique experience and I think helped a lot. Um, So yeah, so it's very, very relatable. The driving around, the going to parties. Like I said, the jock thing is not relatable to me at all. I don't understand that world. We didn't have a sports team. (laughs) I was in theater and all that stuff. So That was something that in a public school was very – you were ostracized if you were into that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So that part, not relatable, but the driving around a lot, going to parties. Drinking was more the thing I did. Um, But, you know, yeah. It was – it's just – I think it's just kind of timely in a way. But, like, I – you know, I I don't know how social media and all that stuff would fit into it. But I still think – Teenagers probably don't know what to do half the time. <laughs> and they're probably still because you're in that place of like, you're not old enough to go drink. I mean, granted, this was a different decade. So like 18, you could go and buy alcohol. But when I was growing up, you couldn't do that. I mean, we used to take quarters and how we'd get cigarettes sometimes is that village inns used to have vent, cigarette vending machines. And so we would take all the quarters and we'd go and we mm-hmm. sometimes they'd stop us. And they'd be like, um, what are you doing? <laughs> That's how we would do it. Or we'd have friends that would go once they turned 18. And once you turned 18, because I turned 18 when I was a senior in high school. And once you turn 18, every single person, because everybody I knew pretty much smoked, would be like, okay, then you're our designated person to go buy cigarettes. Yep. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> those were the days.
2: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply.
0: Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Okay, well, let's get into the cast here and your overall thoughts on the cast, Jen. if you have a favorite performance too. You can say that too.
0: I I really like this cast. I think everyone did an amazing job with their characters, even Wiley Wiggins as Mitch, as much as I just want to fucking drop kick Mitch so many times for just being <laughs> annoying little shit. Stop touching your nose, man. Um, but I think I, but he still did a good job. And even like the dynamic with him and his sister, like at the end, when they're kind of leaving the party and she's like, oh, you know, you're still here. And I guess I have to get used to seeing you at the same social functions, which I just think it's hilarious that high school kids in the 70s are using the term social functions in return in terms <laughs> of like a field party. I mean, it is a social function in a high school. But anyways, but when he's just like, just don't tell her to take it easy on me. I don't know. I, I really like that little moment. That's a nice, like little sibling moment. But. I think everyone does a very good job. I can't really imagine anyone else cast in this movie in any other roles. Even the uh, even the kid that plays Carl, as much as I fucking hate Carl and the other kid, because yes. They did Hirschfelder dirty. That poor fucking kid. And then my husband's like, Carl gets it, right? He gets his. I was like, Carl never gets paddled. That little True. shit gets away scot-free. Fuck that kid. So congrats <laughs> to that actor for doing an amazing job. Parker Posey, she does such a great job as Darla, as just being that loud, bossy, just mean person that I didn't care for Parker Posey for a very long time because she did too good of a job. But now I love Parker and my husband's like, isn't she, you know, like, yeah. Cause he's, she's in, um, oh, it's on Netflix, the lost in space. We had watched the first season of that. And I was like, yeah. And she's in best in show. She's like one of the, the yuppie couples. And he's like, oh, with the squeaky toy. And so over the years I've come to really love and appreciate Parker Posey. Uh, but it was very hard. Like back in the day, watching this to like, her. <laughs> She's just so mean. Um, Mitch's sister drove me nuts. The character. She's just. I, she's kind of one of those characters that. She seems like a nice girl on the outside. But she kind of naughty deep down. Going out and making out with Pink. And then being like. Oh but don't you have a girlfriend? What are you doing with him then? Leave the poor kid alone. He's conflicted enough. <laughs> but the cast does a great job love it um yeah the the actor uh, that plays don loved don too as well i i maybe it's like kind of the crazier hair but i know because um, i love i loved him. <laughs> and, and he's watching, an asshole he's, he's a total asshole a- and I'm watching, I'm like, why? I was like, oh, because I was like a teenager and just horny for dudes. That's fine. Because like, I also really liked Benny because I always have always had a bit of a soft spot for uh, redheads. Ginger's much like <laughs> Wooderson. I love those redheads, man. Um, so he's got like that curly kind of red, uh, kind of ginger fro. And I really like that actor. I've se- only seen him in a few other things. But uh, yeah, they an amazing cast can't picture anybody else in it even ben affleck as the asshole O'Banion. take the title of being the big badass piece of shit two years in a row so he's awfully cocky for a dude that just flunked his senior year
1: <laughs> yeah i think
0: that cockiness is covering up for something there mm-hmm. but, but yeah, yeah even the parents like the pickfords i you know, now that I'm an adult and everything that that shit was hilarious. Just watching the dad just answer the door in his 70s suit and everything. And my husband's laughing because I'm like, I'm pretty sure that would that'd be him. And like my ass would have been on vacation. My ass would have left Frank at the house for the weekend. Be like, no, fuck that. I'm out. Uh- <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah. Great cast. Um everyone did a great job and such just a classic classic movie classic roles famous lines scenes all the things so Megan your thoughts on the cast um
3: I really enjoyed this cast although I will say um Sabrina the the young girl I I know we didn't really touch on her much um (laughs) I don't know how to explain this other than um I think she was supposed to be the exotic character and to a certain degree just because she had a slight accent and stuff and i loved her that's the thing i loved her because she was going through this and like yeah i want to be cool like i'm trying i'm doing all this stuff and then and I was waiting for it I was waiting for it and I was like it's gonna happen because I forgot because the last time I really watched this and sat down and watched this um I was really high um so (laughs) (laughs) and that was a few years ago so I was like I think I know what happens let me think about this and then I was like yes yes um the really blonde boy Tony or um Tony yeah yeah, he. the minute when he started talking with her and I was like, oh, here we go with this again. <laughs> was like, that was a lot of how I uh, see a lot of my friends growing up and stuff. Like we would hang out and go out and then these really intensely white guys would be so <laughs> attracted to them. And it was just like, I was so... I was like, this is exactly how I would look, too. It was like, oh, yeah, no, you don't have to do that, blah, blah, blah. And, like, at the end of the night, they would be ostracized by, like, the girlfriends or whatever, the girls, and be like, you know, I'm going to make your next year a living hell, blah, blah, blah. You just wait, bitch. Like, And the white boy just like, yeah, but good for you for standing up for yourself, but I'm not going to defend you in any of this. Like, it's like, what is the point? So that was good acting so but then their dynamic together that was absolutely amazing um and i also really loved uh jody so you're gonna hate me jen but i used to be a jody in that capacity of like if there was someone like pink who was fucking around with other people i wouldn't go out like with guys that were in relationships but if there was perceived talk and like i was like oh like i could have like an opportunity to just like make out or whatever and i don't have to have sex with them i would do it and then be like oh I can't have sex with you because you and you and um uh, what's her face Mm-mm. sorry I gotta go it's my it's my curfew I gotta bye <laughs> like, so that's how I dealt with my uh raging horror <laughs> as a it was not the best method but it worked <laughs> but it worked <laughs> I also really love Cynthia um it, it took a minute for her character to grow on me I'm not gonna lie like is. <laughs> Like, I don't know how I feel about her because I knew girls that wanted to be like her growing up and they kind of do it. But then they also be like, but these are my boys. Like, these are mine. Like, you can't talk to them. Uh, But the way this woman like was like, oh, but Wooderson and how she really like played into it, too. Like she like the way a teenage girl would like I couldn't do that now. Like even trying to force myself being like, oh, yes, a high school girl. I want to be this older guy. No, absolutely not. Um, but I think my favorite character and how he was portrayed was gone, especially when you first see him I and mean, he's in these goddamn overalls. And I, I was sent over the moon about it. I was like, bring the overalls back. Like, I, I would love to see more men in overalls now. Like, it, it tells a lot about the character. The confident. Um,
0: I, I, I live just... out in a small town and there are plenty of overalls to go around, and there, there's no dons, is all I'm saying. <laughs>
2: Bummer. You really just disappointed Megan. Oh, I heart It's the farmers. It's just the farmers. The old,
0: intensely white farmers in their over in their car heart overalls. <laughs> at least
3: they're they're doing something good for them. But yes, that shattered me. Thank you. <laughs> shattered me but like the the two people that i think did a really good job was michelle and pickford that relationship it made me cringe to my core because every relationship any couple was in especially for like years at a time they were just like that they were all like very much into each other and they were always with each other and they became one huge little conglomerate thing and they spoke like their own language and stuff and it was like very much like slater like I've had enough. (laughs) Like, I need to go hang out with other people after a while. But overall, this cast, like, it kept me all very interested. There wasn't a time where I felt like anyone didn't do what they were supposed to do. Like, I felt like this cast really interacted well with each other. And I think it's because they knew that this movie was not supposed to be nostalgic. It was supposed to be, like, a real-life, like, high school experience. And it really took me back there. So I really liked this cast and what they did.
1: Yeah, with and and what's interesting about Michelle and Pickford as just like kind of little trivia again is that Mila Jovovich and you know, I just said I said his name like Sean Andrews, they eloped while making this film. And then um Mila Jovovich's mother was like, No, we're annulling this because she was just seventeen and I you know he was older. Because they were all over each other, there were other people that dated too, but because they were all over each other, kind of like those characters, they were ostracized from the whole cast too. The cast didn't like them either so it's especially him especially him he was supposed to supposedly an asshole so yeah i just so it's interesting it's kind of
2: like art imitating life
1: thing there so yeah so sarah your thoughts on the
2: cast i mean uh, like everyone said overall i think it was cast very well and i know you mentioned uh at the beginning some of the uh others that auditioned and i'm trying to picture them in, in some of the roles and I'm having a hard time doing that. So I think they, uh, they made the right decision with who they cast. And uh, I mean, uh, Parker Posey always, always plays that real bitchy mean girl kind of character. I mean, even in uh, the new Lost in Space, she's still kind of that same kind of character. Um, so she always, I, I think she always does a great job with that. And even uh, Matthew McConaughey as uh, Wooderson was perfect, in in my opinion. I mean, he just, he, I don't particularly like Matthew McConaughey to begin with. So, uh, you know, he he really did a great job with the uh, kind of creep factor there. And I know we're we're going to get into that a little bit more, so I won't won't go there. Um, and even, even Ben Affleck, I mean, he's just great at playing an asshole. (laughs) He's another one. I just, unless it's a Kevin Smith movie, I do not care for Ben Affleck at all. And actually I completely forgot that he was even in it until I rewatched it, you know, because I'll, I'll rewatch it every couple of years. Until I rewatched it, like I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, I'm like, holy shit, that's Ben Affleck! I forgot he was in this. So I, I mean, overall, I think they they really did a, a fantastic job with, you know, capturing that, you know, the, the teenagers from that time period. And I can't, like Jen said, uh, yeah, I can't picture anyone else in those roles, even even the list that you had. I'm like, Brendan Frazier? Not that I, I love, I adore Brendan Frazier, but I'm just yeah. trying to picture him in, in one of the roles, and I'm like, no, I can't. He just needs to be in The Mummy, and I'll remember him that way. Although he's doing fantastic on um, uh, Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. He is. I love that
0: show. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think overall, the cast is great. I think Wiley Wiggins is awful in this movie, I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> and he annoyed the crap out of me from the first moment I saw this. I was just, and, and it's, I mean, he's young. I understand that he's young. And, but there's so many ticks where you can tell, like him grabbing his nose is definitely, and I, I don't think that's a character thing. I think that's his actor thing of being nervous. He also, I didn't say this in the trivia, but he uh, lied and said he knew how to play baseball. He was a horrible baseball player, did not know how to do it. So they, trying to film those baseball scenes was not easy because he did not know what he was doing so but you know they tell actors just lie say you know how to do it and you'll learn on the day kind of thing so he was already doing that i think you know i've already said that i love jason london in this we've already already talked about rory cochran a lot who's amazing this movie really featured a lot of people that were very much in the indie film scene um you know parker posey uh joey lawrence Adam lauren adams she ended up being someone that was in that scene a lot too and you know (laughs) parker posey to me is just she is such a different and unique actress and yes she plays a lot of bitchy characters but she does it in a very unique way honestly i don't you know it's she's got quirkiness to her and yet she's still kind of like i am queen b yet she's quirky and i love watching her in christopher guest movies like best in show and Waiting for Guffman, that that where she plays very di- a nice character. She's not a bitch in that one at all. Um, but she's just, and I love her in Parks and Rec too. <laughs> Leslie's old friend. She used to be her best friend, and then she wasn't. So, I want to say really quickly for one of the characters when you were, it, it was interesting what you were talking about. Megan for Sabrina. Why do I keep forgetting her name? I don't know what it is about that because it's a unique name. You think I'm to forget it? But with the character of Sabrina, originally Claire Danes wanted to play this character. And I, I really hate this trivia, I'm going to say, but Richard Linkletter didn't want to cast her because he thought Claire Danes was too classy for this role. Imagine being the actress, playing her, and hearing that you are not classy, which I think goes, I don't know, I think that's just gross. So I'm just going to say super harsh. That's awful. I mean, that's <laughs> just terrible. It explains so much, though. Destiny, like, Destiny. yeah. When I mean, you we were talking about that, I'm like, this explains it completely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked that character, though. I didn't like her being with Tony because he's way too damn old for her. And it was creepy as heck. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about Witterston in a minute, how creepy he was. I think that's just as creepy. But it's played in a way that's a little bit different, where it's like, Tony's a really nice guy, and he's really sweet, and he's, like, the nerdy, cool guy. But, I mean, come on. And even the way that scene is played where, you know, when she gets a little bit of the egg on him and how disgusted he looks. I don't know. It's just. Like, I'm the good guy yet I'm also an asshole <laughs>
3: or even how he responded to Cynthia when she was interested in Wooderson and yeah he said Wooderson was gross but he's like you're interested like you like you refined person how dare you be interested yeah,
1: very but judgy yeah very judgy you know but of course he has dreams about <laughs>
0: Abraham Lincoln. about Lincoln <laughs> no I
1: know I was just gonna try I was trying to Dwell, dwell up the quote when he's just talking about his dream And then the face of Abraham Lincoln Of course he has those dreams uh, We already talked about Don a lot And I think it's very interesting That so many of us love him so much And I remember when I, I was listening to There's this podcast called uh, The Rewatchables And they discuss in-depth movies that, that you watch constantly And over and over again And I remember when they were doing this one They of course they ragged on Wiley Wiggins Like through the whole thing <laughs> but when they were talking about sasha jensen they're all like this guy should have had a huge career this guy should have been big because there's something about that character and he is a dickhead. i mean when uh the one girl comes up and proposes to him and he's like
0: open your mouth (laughs) do you spit or swallow whatever you like well i would definitely marry you (laughs) even, even when him and uh Pink are walking through the halls at the very beginning, and he and when he's still in his overalls, and like that kind of little nerdy, scrawny, nerdy kid walks through the doors, and then and Don makes so cool. that like like punching motion yes. at him. Like, what the fuck was that? He was unnecessarily so
1: aggressive.
0: He's... But it was also kind of hot.
1: Yes, I was like to me, he was the most attractive man in the whole entire movie, even though Yeah, the eyebrows too, which, hey, that will go into the episode that Bex wants us to do about hot guys with eyebrows. But, (laughs) you know, my type is the darker hair usually in the, you know, I mean, I did think Jason London was attractive. I did think the asshole Sasha, or not Sasha, because that's the other guy, Sean Andrews, I did think he was attractive too. But there was something about Sasha Jensen that was just flipping appealing as hell and and I don't think you would like the character of Don if he hadn't been played by him. I, I I honestly don't because all of us are like, he was hot and attractive and he's a total douchebag, which also goes into when you're in high school, you're attracted to the douchebags, I think, too. It also plays into that as well. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think it's funny because I was wondering if I was going to be the only one that was going to talk about how which I love Don. But nope, nope. No, and he was just great. And he did deserve a bigger career. I was looking up, he's played some minor roles in TV stuff since then, but he was in one of the Halloween movies, by the way. I don't you know if you knew that. Uh, he's a total dick in that, too. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no one, I've never known anyone that can make overalls look so sexy. And he did. And he the really confidence. did. The
0: yes, the confidence. The confidence. he exuded in yeah. being an asshole.
1: Yes, he's like, yeah, <laughs> this is me. <laughs> take it or leave it um but yeah so i i i loved pretty much all the cast except for wiley wiggins and and like i said i actually all the people all the boys in junior high i'm sorry they were just the most obnoxious part of this movie for me they still are
2: it's um, junior high
1: <laughs> yes oh my god middle school kids are
2: the worst
1: when I think when I saw this, you know, like I said, I was almost I was like a senior in high school, practically. And so for me, I was like junior high kids are so stupid and <laughs> dumb. And so I think that's why they kind of annoyed me a lot. <laughs> um, and then Matthew McConaughey, like I have said, I do not like Matthew McConaughey. He kind of creeps me out. I will be honest. He really creeps me out and kind of annoys me. Uh, But I love him in this movie because he is committed so much to playing this character and to playing this character who is a complete and total creep, but in this way where you actually like him. It's It's a really fine line there, and he toes it perfectly. He's actually perfect. No one else could play this role. No one. Not a single other actor could play this role the way that he plays this role. It just wouldn't work. You would really hate him if any other actor played him, I think. And he is next to Slater. I think him and Slater are the most recognizable characters from this movie, honestly. And I think a lot of that goes to the performances and also the way they're written. Um, But, you know, so much that Matthew McConaughey added to this character, too. So, I, I mean, even though I don't like the actor, I think it's an iconic performance and an iconic character, And you would never, ever be able to get away with this kind of character played this way ever again.
0: (laughs) Honestly.
1: (laughs) Never again. So, yeah. So speaking of that, let's get into this character (laughs) who you never really hear his age. I was trying to remember if they ever said it. When you look it up, it says that he's 20. He looks a heck of a lot older than 20. Uh, Matthew McConaughey was 23. Who... Actually, he was one of the younger actors in this. Like a lot of like some of the ones playing high school kids were a lot were older than Matthew McConaughey. Um, but, you know, as of course, he says famously in here. know, that's what I love about these high school girls. I get older and they stay the same age and it's creepy as fuck. And he's still hanging out with all these high schoolers. To me, I always thought he was like in mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he's still just, he's hanging out in all the places that the high school kids hang out in. You kind of get this feeling like his life is just kind of ended. And he's one of those people, and there's a lot of people like this, who he peaked in high school. And then from there on out, everything was downhill. And so he's kind of reliving that, I think. But it's creepy because he chooses a high school girl. This is the impression you get. And goes after them. And everybody kind of laughs it off if everybody says, you're going to be arrested, like Don even says, one day you're going to go to jail. I just know it. I just know it. But it's laughed off, you know. So I mean, I don't want, I mean, I don't want to criticize too much in this movie because I actually think, even though there's problematic elements, galore, I, I kind of forgive it in this movie because it kind of fits, it works. It I means true to life. Even though it's icky, it's true to life. But I did want to at least point this out because this is the ickiest thing in this whole entire movie. Even though we love this character, at least I do, he's gross. But, Jen, were there characters like the? I mean, we already said this, but what are your thoughts on the character? And then, did you know guys like this in high school?
0: Yeah. I'm laughing at the second question. Uh, yes. I know.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> so, with Wooderson, I feel like. The joke is in his nickname would have been. So we already kind of know how the rest of these kids perceive him and watching it now being older and everything. It's like, okay, these kids are clearly just more or less using him to buy the beer and, you know, whatever, kind of have that quote, like adult type to help with the hookups, you know, help get the kegs for uh, the beer bust at the at the moon tower. So I didn't realize that he was only that the character was only supposed to be 20. I always thought that the character himself was closer to like mid 20s. So I will say, knowing that he's 20, still creepy, but not as creepy, because except for when he says the line about the freshman girls, because we're not just talking about who just finished being freshmen and who will be uh, sophomores. He's talking about eighth graders eighth graders Yes, She's talking about like Sabrina and the girls in the back of the truck and that is for that age group that is very gross and very icky they are still just children but when I was that age I'd be like hell yeah I want the attention of an older man because hair flip hair flip I'm so much cooler and mature than ever. no I wasn't uh, <laughs> it's probably just probably dumber than most but um <laughs> So very yeah very creepy very disturbing <laughs> but I always kind of felt that by the end of the movie he he likes Cynthia and Cynthia is a junior soon to be senior so that closes that age gap just a little bit it's only 3 years but I feel like when you're talking about high school kids those 3 years are big years it's 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 big years <laughs> So I'm like, okay, maybe he's going to start to change after this. Not likely. Maybe I always thought that because I always kind of like uh, Matthew McConaughey's and his portrayal of Wooderson. Because, yeah, if you had, if Ben Affleck was Wooderson, ew. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> if those
2: two actors switched roles, n- no, no, thanks no, thank no, you. no, 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 absolutely not. No. <laughs> See? I I don't even like the thought of that at all.
0: No. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So I feel like I've always been able to excuse it a little bit more because I've always liked Matthew McConaughey. You know, he's especially did all those like uh, rom-coms in the 90s where he couldn't find a shirt or couldn't button his shirt or something. (laughs) Uh, And then he started getting a little bit more serious and, you know, like doing like True Detective, which that first season is amazing. But then, you know, he starts doing all these like hoity-toity Lincoln and Rolex commercials or whatever. And my husband's like, oh, he's so full of himself now. We like the stoner. We like the kind of not pedophile version of Wooderson. So he's, so he, he is as, you know, as a full grown adult now, I'm just like, that's gross. But I remember, uh being in high school and like, yeah, wanting that attention and thinking so cool and this and that, and like, oh, they're so cool. But you grow up and you're just like, ew, why? Like, no, they're not. (laughs) They're in their 20s. And I feel like 20 is kind of like that cutoff of in a year or two, if you're still cruising the high school chicks, that is a fucking big time problem. But I'm I'm willing to give a little bit of wiggle room because 2021, you're still kind of a dumb child. <laughs> at least I was. Um. So, but it's still it's so very true to life, I think, and like in in my experiences, anyways. You know, we had Woodersons. We would go party at people's at Wooderson houses and stuff like that, and they'd buy the beer, and we'd hang out, and they weren't as they weren't cruising for high school chicks in the same sense that Wooderson was in that I get older, they stay the same age, you know, he wasn't there at the high schools and stuff like that. We, I don't know how we came upon these people, but they were still just as predatory, (laughs) but they were hot and they had their own apartment. So, (laughs) (laughs) so in, in that sense, that character is still very true to, like I said, my, at least my personal experiences and people I've known, Um, now as a parent, my kids better not grow up to be fucking Wooderson's. Otherwise there's going to be hell to pay. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, Tony and Sabrina, you guys are absolutely right. And I never thought of it that way. He is, he's just, he's (sighs) disguised as a good guy, right? Yes. But I also wonder too, if maybe there wasn't something more going on with, uh, Tony's character between his dream of, you know, perfect female body with the head of abraham lincoln so it's like you want to read too much into that okay so he's kind of lusting after something maybe he should but then he's still more attracted to uh an intellectual type or a male type and is sabrina kind of his way of trying to figure that out because she's the one that pulled him back in for a deeper longer kiss at the end so but he is he's not necessarily any better, not worse than Wooderson, but I can't believe I never thought of that. I He's such a good guy. He's pointing all these things out, like during the girls' yeah. hazings, like, oh, yeah, you know, selling concessions. And then the next scene, him and Mike are sitting there with concession soda cups, <laughs> which is just hilarious, that whole thing. So, yeah, that's, yeah, Wooderson's, I've known him. Uh quote dated maybe a few and uh <laughs> i i don't necessarily recommend it stay away young young people stick to the young people don't try and quote be cool or do something you you may not be comfortable with to get the at- attention of an older person when you're in high school especially when you're in high school so be a mm-hmm. slater know yourself and embrace that self and don't Don't fall for the Woodersons. Yes. yes. And beware of nice guys, because honestly,
1: guys that seem too nice are usually not nice.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And if they tell you they're nice, they're most likely not.
1: That's true. If you have to hype that up, then you probably
2: aren't. Then you're probably the asshole.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Go for Dawn. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Douchebag, (laughs) but he's probably the guy of all these guys, and Slater too, who grew up to actually—well, maybe not. Maybe he got stuck in high school too. I have no idea. That's more Ben Affleck's character. But (laughs) so, Megan, your thoughts on this character?
3: So, Wooderson, I think I think why he's so appealing is the fact that he's like a child, very much like in the childlike mind state. So, or that teen, sort of angst still, and just like you know uh society they're trying to trap us and all this and we got to be living like especially at that end scene when they're driving off and stuff like you can tell he's really in his element when he's with these kids and it just leads me to ask questions of like what happened what did you go through was it too many concussions from football was it that coach do we need to sue the coach um i i have some genuine questions about that um because it seems like he got one too many concussions um But, yeah, no, Matthew McConaughey, the only reason why he can play this role is because after reading that autobiography that I read about him, he is a child, he is a man-child, he will forever be a man-child, and not that he's, like, not that that's bad, but it's very, um, it's old now. Like, I don't know how to explain that. Like, I I feel like the young crowd is really coming up to realize like, oh, like, this is not healthy. Like, we should not be attracted to people like this. This is not a healthy relationship. And I think a lot of them because they witnessed what happens when you go with the older guy, especially when you're fresh out of high school. And, you know, there are places where that works out. That's the thing. There are places where it works out. And that's great. And maybe there's just a maturity level or the fact that they had conversations about it. But I feel like a lot of these couples, don't have that conversation or there's even this thing where it's like one is more into it than the other and typically the older guy's only in it for the easy sex like that's the unfortunate part and I think Matthew McConaughey and Wooderson really represent that sort of mentality I I like Matthew McConaughey as an actor and some things but like as a person himself I could give or take him like he he could just go and play his bongos naked somewhere and get arrested again. And I would not care. Like <laughs> the fact that he dedicated a whole chapter about that in his book <laughs> and he's like, you know, I was just feeling myself. And I'm like, okay, that's still not he's like, no, it's not okay. Like you could have put clothes on. You should have put clothes on before going to prison because they don't clean those places or not prison, but jail. They don't sanitize very well. Um, and that's just, uh, with my job experience of what I've seen. Uh, but the person who scares me more is Tony. Um, just because like he sets up Sabrina to be like, oh, like, yeah, I'm this nice guy. Like I'm someone that you can be in a relationship. Very much like putting it on thick, like he's into that, even though he's not really. And what terrifies about him about me, for me more, is that like he talks a lot of, like how, a lot of these guys on the internet talk like these podcast guys where they're like you know like women need to do this x y and z for me and like women should have these set of morals for me he represents that for me and for me he is actually more scary than wooderson because wooderson is just trying to get laid and he makes it known that he is going to lay and then leave like he makes it known it is wrong it is absolutely wrong but Tony is giving the implication that he can give you more in life. And I think that in itself is scarier. So I almost like left the uh, movie feeling like I'm worried about Sabrina. Um, like I know Cynthia's going to be all right. She might be like regret this later in life or be like, you know, that guy was hot. But man, like I shouldn't have messed with him. Like he he was terrible. I knew guys like this. I wasn't interested in older guys. I always talked down to them and they didn't like me as a result of it. So um I was not cool in that way. I was not cool like that. Um, I was not Matthew McConaughey cool. Um, I was the bitter (laughs) bitch. That's what I was. (laughs) Um, uh, But my cousin actually dated someone older who was my age. And I even told her I was like, you realize you're dating someone my age and I am like seven years older than you. What is he doing talking to you? He's in college and you are still in high school. And I think it finally set in for her because like four months after that, like, you know, how all relationships like that go, like they fizzle out. But I I think that if there was an older person other other than Wooderson, we would have definitely felt more creepy about it. It would have been like, ooh, this is no, no. But because these parents were very much on their high moral ground of like, we don't want drugs or alcohol, period. We didn't get to see that. So I think that's why we hold a special place for Wooderson because he does respect these kids as adults, and he doesn't treat them like children constantly.
2: Sarah, your thoughts? I don't know if I have too much to add to this, but I mean, yes, Wooderson, I always thought, and like everyone else has said, that he was more in that mid to late 20s, which did make it a lot ickier that he's asking about the new of freshman girls coming in. So here you have... You know, this 26-year-old who's talking about 14-year-olds. Ew. It's just, ew. You know, him only, supposed supposedly only being 20, makes it slightly less creepy. Just slightly. And really only with Cynthia, because there's, what, maybe a three-year difference there. So not as bad, but still, like, yeah. Maybe you should be looking for other women your own age, but um, the, you know, I never thought about the, the Tony thing. And I mean, that's a really good point. I mean, he's he's a senior, she's a freshman. You know, I don't know. I don't know how much I agree with the, you know, kind of playing himself off as a nice guy, you know, but a little bit more predatory in what, he's after, I guess, you know, I don't know on, on that, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same level of ickiness as, as Wooderson. Now I love the character of Wooderson and I think Matthew McConaughey does a a fantastic job. Um, You know, he's, he's got that Texas drawl (laughs) down (laughs) very much so. And but yeah, it's, is he trying to relive his glory days, you know, trying to, to be a 17 year old playing football, you know, being the captain of the football team again, and basically living vicariously through these kids. Um, It almost seems that way to me, like someone had said that he had peaked in high school Mm -hmm. and now he's trying to kind of, keep that feeling of when he did peak in high school. And that's why he prefers the company of the high school students to people his own age, you know, and they hang out with him because they get stuff from him. Like you said, buys, buys the beers, gets the kegs for the parties. So it's, I don't know if it would be a symbiotic relationship, you know, he's getting some stuff out of them. They're getting some stuff out of him. But for whatever reason, it, it, you know, kind of seems to work for everyone involved.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting with with saying that 20, him being 20 makes people feel a little bit better about this, which, which I understand, but it's still creepy as fuck. Because even with someone who is Cynthia's age, it's, that's a big difference there. And with you know, with treating them like they're adults, they're not adults. These are still kids. They're still, their minds are still developing, even though they're on that cusp and they're being pushed in that. When you're in high school, you're not an adult. You are still not, you're not, you just aren't. You just aren't. And there are things you think you're ready for, but you're not ready for. And he's a total predator in many, many different ways. And like I said, though, it wouldn't work without Matthew McConaughey playing this character. It wouldn't work because you wouldn't have any, any feeling toward him at all. Uh, I want to say on the personal side of it, I knew a lot of people that would graduate from the high school I went to, and they would come and hang out afterwards, like all the time. And pretty much they're peaked in high school and that was their best time of life. So they're like, Oh, I'm going to just stay hanging out with the people in high school. And when you're in high school and you have older people And you really want to be able to break free and you feel like you are an adult and you feel like that's your next step and you, you know, you're going through all of these different emotions and you have people around you that are older and they want to hang out with you when you're that young, it's cool to in your mind because you feel like, oh, this means I'm older, when in reality, what it means is that person needs some serious help. (laughs) Or they're just a predator and they're like, you know, a a sexual predator, which this is who who he is. He's a sexual predator. I mean, he just is. (laughs) He just because he's trying to get laid and he's trying to have sex with flipping 14 year olds. He's a sexual predator. But but the thing is, is this is very accurate. This is the way when you're in high school, you react to this. I'm not saying it as an excuse or that it's okay at all, but that's the way it was. We had a substitute teacher who he was in his early 20s and every girl had a crush on this guy. Every single girl. And I believe, (laughs) if rumors are true, he stopped being a substitute for very specific reasons having to do with that. And also partying with them. We had we had one, and this is not just men who do this. I want to say women do this too. We had a female teacher who she was in her late twenties, early thirties, and she used to hang out with us a lot. And I look back on it now. She would like, I, I think, I think I could be wrong, but I believe there was a reason she was let go having to do with alcohol and young kids. And so she was so cool to us. We loved her, but she had a lot of issues because she would hang out with us and go take us to like rated R movies. And it was really weird when I look back at it now, but at that time it was like, she is the coolest fucking teacher in the world. But now you look back at it, you're like, no, she was fucking creepy. And you know, it's that same kind of thing of like, you know, uh, is he, he's probably going to be doing this in his thirties and his forties. And, you know, and so forth. So it's this really weird, icky thing that actually happens. That's the thing is this is something very, very, very accurate and true. And most people find it very attractive when you're in high school. I mean, I know when I worked at Blockbuster right after high school, I worked at Blockbuster and our manager, she was in her 30s and she would hang out with us. And most of us were like not even 20 yet. And we would hang out with her all the time. And it was super cool then. But I look at it now and I'm like, I can't imagine in my 30s being like, I want to hang out with a bunch of 18 year olds. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. But that's what's so interesting about this is, yeah, yeah. So I just thought it was important to bring it up because I thought if we didn't bring it up, people were like, why don't you bring this up? And it's just an interesting thing to look back at. It's still not okay, but I still love this movie and I don't fault this movie for that, also because it's very accurate, sadly, it's very accurate, you know, but mm-hmm. high school kids, if you're out there listening to this, <laughs> don't do this, please do not hang out with. I know it's I know it seems attractive, but no, 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 no no. And then I wanted to ask really quickly, if anyone here, because we're talking about Matthew McConaughey and all these roles he's played, Has anyone seen the movie Killer Joe? Directed by William Friedkin, based on a Tracy Let's Play. I've heard
2: of it. I have not seen it. Mm -mm. See it. Okay. Very fucked up. Well, okay. And he
1: is fucking, holy crap, he is fucking terrifying in this movie. He is so scary. And do not eat
0: fried chicken while watching this movie. Okay. (laughs) good to know i just looked
2: it
1: up and right at,
0: like the cover art for the movie yeah okay no chicken got it
2: <laughs> yes
1: uh <laughs> right. any idea
2: where it's streaming
1: i have no idea if it is streaming oh. i just i just uh was just thinking about that when, we, when everybody was talking about matthew mcconaughey and, and different roles he's played so i recommend watching that if you want to see matthew mcconaughey in a super different role very creepy yeah watch that Okay. Well, this has been a ton of fun. I I love this movie. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah, of course.
0: Okay. So when my husband and I are watching this, we were trying to determine which hazing was the worst, the boys and a paddling or the girls and the food and the air raid. So if you could choose your hazing between the two, which one would you pick? The food. Even though I like pain. (laughs) See, because I thought I was thinking food because I was like, well, then it's done. It's over with. But then I forgot that like later at the party, Darla kind of terrorizes Sabrina with the air raids. So much like the boys get hunted for the rest of the summer until they all get their paddling. It seems like the girls would have to be subjected to a random air raids throughout the rest of the summer. So it wasn't I think it wasn't a, a one and done like I thought with the female. So I don't know which one I'd pick. Well, it's a lot more, and also if you're to look at it too, on a deeper level,
1: there's also sexual humiliation involved with the girls and there's not Mm -hmm. sexual humiliation with the guys. So that would
2: be the other part that would be icky about it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I think I would go with the uh, paddling just because I think it was much more humiliating for the girls with what they went through and that. Like you said, any time during the summer, they could be subjected to this again. Whereas with the boys, once they got their paddling, that was it. Then they were left alone.
3: And what's worse with the girls is like, there's this more of this element of like cattiness that falls with it. So even if you do all this and you're perfect at it, like if you do anything, like talk to someone, like you're still that bitch and that whore. Like that's very much what I got from that whole movie, unfortunately, where the guys, they would like forgive each other more. Mm -hmm. so yeah i would go with the paddling because it'd be one hurtful done and that's it like that's
1: that's a very 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 good point yeah and Mm -hmm. then i mean the camera when the camera goes over all their asses when they're and it's when i was watching i'm like oh my god that's horrible
2: (laughs) (laughs) that was horrible
1: (laughs) but yeah yeah because it's a lot more sexual degradation involved in there too Mm -hmm. and yeah 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 yeah, I that's think, an interesting question. Yeah. I wouldn't have even have thought
0: of that. But you guys bring up good points. I think I'll stick, I think I'll go with a paddling because, yeah, some of the girls, they had them like eat grass when they were still on the school property, the proposing to a senior, which is fucking gross and weird. Coastal um, kind of sets up the whole like Wooderson and predatory and I- yeah. idolizing older, older men. So i don't know i just thought it was kind of interesting i'd never really thought of it before yeah, but yeah 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 yeah
1: well this has been so much fun i love this movie so dang much and i'm so excited to talk about all the movies we're going to be talking about all of these movies are some of my absolute favorite movies and comfort films in a lot of respects uh yeah i'm i'm really excited about these next few episodes so we're gonna go ahead and close out and have everybody say where they can be found if they want to i'll skip you megan because i know you are our anonymous megan (laughs) so jen where can you be found and more importantly where can your wonderful podcast be found
0: Uh, you can follow me on twitter uh at streaming bubble and podcast can be found on just about every podcast player near you um i've got I got plenty of episodes to choose from, so have at her. You'll find something you like, I promise. <laughs> it's it's very very true. You will, yes, yes. And Sarah,
2: uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Sarah Vacaro Barnick. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Nate Cam Mom. That's N A T E C A M M O M. Uh, not on there too much, but if I am, I'm usually still complaining that Prodigal Sun was canceled. No, I cannot get over this. Don't tell me to get over it. I am not over it. Fox, I hate you. I'm never watching your sh- your uh, shitty channel again. Yeah, Fox sucks. <laughs> With that.
1: <laughs> They're bad at that. Uh, but it's fine if you're one of our sponsors right now. <laughs> I'm mad at the, a lot of shows they have canceled. Yes, yes. That's why I try not to start a show on Fox until I know it's been on there for a few seasons. So yeah. I'm glad that I was never able to finish that show. Uh, <laughs> and I'm never going to go back and watch it. This is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod on TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we're talking to you, Sasha Jensen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Come on in your overalls.
2: <laughs> yes, it has to be the overalls.
0: Gotta be though. I was just going to say, do you still have them? <laughs> Oh uh, Yeah, we'll we'll talk about your career, your life, and why so many
1: of us were so crushing on you hardcore. <laughs> uh, feel free to reach out to us. It's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And like I said, our next episode is Empire Records. So Jen will be back for that one. Danelle is joining us and Aaron A. So that should be a ton of fun. I am so excited about that. And then next week, just a reminder, we're going to be talking about Office Space. That one is going to be a live stream. So look for that. It will probably be Saturday, probably would be my guess. But I'll but check our social medias to find out. And then we're going to wrap up this four-parter with Pump Up the Volume, which I cannot wait to talk about that movie. That probably, I'll be honest, is probably the one I'm looking forward to the most <laughs> because I love that damn movie so damn much. And... Oh, I just, we would not have podcasts without that movie if you, honestly, that was the first podcast. <laughs> so I cannot wait to talk about it. Plus, you know, I, I oh God, I loved Christian Slater. Anyways. <laughs> so until next time, remember it's a fandom thing. Black lives matter and stop Asian hate. Check you later.
3: Check you later. Check you later.